listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed, the original podcast designed to help you save your marriage. We've now been downloaded about three million times by people around the world, which tells you that people are trying to save their marriage. Why? Because it's so important. And today, I want to answer a little bit more of uh, some uh, questions from listeners. Now, this one is about happiness. And what happens when I'm not happy or you're not happy? And I want to tackle that by starting out with an email from Katie, and then I want to expand that out a little bit. So if you've got a question, if there's something that you're interested in, you think others would benefit from hearing, please send me your question at podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. Now, I can't promise you that I'll answer it. I will tell you that if it fits in with what others need to hear, I certainly will consider it. And so I'm looking for what I call the Goldilocks of questions. There are some questions that are so specific that they really only relate to your situation. And then there are some that are so broad that I've covered them in my other material in a way that I can't cover in you know, a 15, 20, 25-minute uh, podcast, like how do I save my marriage? Well, that's the purpose of the Save the Marriage system. That's what you can find at savethemarriage.com. It's also uh, some stuff that I cover in my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. You can find that at savethemarriage.com slash book. And in those, those pieces, I try to give you an understanding of how to move forward. Now, if you're trying to figure out even what went wrong, if you really need an explanation of what went wrong, please check out my book, Marriage Fail Point. You can find that uh, at, on Amazon and other locations. So Marriage Fail Point gives you a good beginning point to understand where did things turn. So your questions that are good for everybody to hear are the ones I'm looking for. So if you think you have a question that might be good for others to hear, please send it again to me at podcast at savethemarriage.com. So let's go with Happiness. If you listen to me much on my Thrivology podcast, you know that happiness is something that I'm a little uh, leery of anyway, mainly because of how we make it such a cheap and light kind of thing. Happiness, happy, the word happy, shares a root that is shared with happen. You notice that things happen externally. And happy is related to that, meaning there's something external to that. And that's why I'm a little suspicious of it, a little worried about it. So let's turn over to Katie, and I'm going to read Katie. She said, we've been together for 11 years and slowly disconnecting for the last few, several of those years. Now, just pause here and say to people, this is the norm, right? Lots of couples who are in a marriage crisis slowly disconnected without realizing it somewhere along the way because they hit the pause button on their relationship. They didn't know it. They didn't even know there was a pause button. Sometimes they did know it. They knew they were hitting that because they knew they would come back to it after the kids or whatever else. So let's go back to Katie. Uh, She said, all through this, I was unaware of this until I found out about two years ago that my husband was having an emotional affair. That's when I got your book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. I was able to see the problems before the affair, but I was also so hurt and so unable to trust him that that's all I could focus on. And in the process, making us both more disconnected and miserable. 
And he was trying very hard to show me that he loved me, but I was so re resentful that I didn't see, want to see any of it. Okay, so just to pause here, notice that sometimes when we're recovering and we don't know how to do that appropriately, we accidentally cause more damage. We see the problem, we try to fix it, and our fix actually gets us into more trouble because it comes from a place of hurt and pain, and both people can want, at that point, honestly want to say things and not be able to do that. Okay, so then to continue on, you said, then about two months ago, he told me he was done. He still loved me, but he couldn't continue in his, this relationship because no matter what he does, and listen to this, he can never make me happy, and I haven't been happy for years. That's when I got the Save the Marriage system. I'm working my plan, and things are slowly improving, but this word happy is something I struggle with. Katie says, happy to me is fleeting, something I feel when something happens, which I just mentioned, but not something that is sustainable for long periods of time. I am not a smiley, giggling person and never have been. I don't feel unhappy on the inside. I'm more focused on feeling loved, connected, content, supported. But my husband is so focused on happy. So I guess my question is, why does this word get so much focus? So it's a great question. You continue on, what do you do when a spouse is only focused on you being happy, and if you're not showing happiness all the time, the marriage is broken? Okay, so let's just broaden this out a little bit, because I hear it in two different ways. You're not happy. You'll never be happy, is one of those. The other is, I'm not happy. And in actuality, the one I hear more, more often is, I'm not happy. The other one is, I can't make you happy. So now let's get uh, to a little bit of reality about this. The fact is that you can't make your spouse happy and your spouse can't make you happy. I mean, that's a hard fact. Your spouse cannot make you happy. You cannot make your spouse happy. It's not possible. Now, let me go a little bit further than that. You can make a spouse miserable. <laughs> it is within our capacity as humans to make other people around us miserable as long as they stay around us. Most of us kind of sort through friends, right? We have a friend and the friend just is always kind of making us miserable in a lots of different ways, maybe making demands upon us or um, you know, always sharing their problems or always making drama within the friend group or whatever. And so all we do is we shift away from that person. And so we don't have a lot of experience in our lives of figuring out how to unmiserableize the relationships that we're in. We usually just cut them off. Maybe you grew up in a family where that was kind of a common trait, that people just felt miserable and nothing changed about that. The misery that was a part of that was not something that you as a child could fix. And sometimes people kind of give up on dealing with that because of that, that feeling. But a lot of times what you just see is that the family just continues being miserable. There's no resolution to it. So we don't see a resolution point to misery with other people. And so we tend in life to cut out people who are in our friend network or acquaintances or at work that make us miserable. Now, what happens when you've married somebody, you've promised to be there till death do us part, and you're making each other miserable. That's where we get to the place where we have to figure out how to work through that, work to be our best selves, and work to be our best connected relationship. But let's go back to the happy question. 
you can't make your spouse happy and your spouse can't make you happy. And until people take that back, until they take back responsibility for that, the relationship's going to be stuck. So what do I mean by that? If I make somebody responsible for my emotional state, they have all the responsibility and none of the control because in reality, my emotional state is my responsibility, not theirs in any way. And so if I make somebody responsible, but they have no control, how can they win that? What we tend to do when we try to make somebody else responsible for our emotional state is that we require more and more from them to, to fix it. So they do something that still didn't make us happy. So their effort is to do something else that still doesn't make us happy. So then they have to try to do something else that still doesn't make us happy. But now they are layers deep and they think that they have to do something to figure out something that's going to make you happy. And in reality, they never could do that in the first place. And so they're chasing after a goal that cannot ever be accomplished from them, by them for you over which you've created control. And, and the reverse is true too, right? Maybe they want you to make them happy. You can't do that. Now, when a marriage is in crisis, the last thing the spouse wants to hear is, I can't make you happy. I give up. Because in the process, sometimes people have gotten into a relationship where they've gotten to that, that, that place where both people are, are expecting that from the other person, not knowing better. You know, the fact is that there is so much out there in literature and in movies and in songs about, you know, how somebody completes us and how somebody kind of brings us our joy and our happiness. And I see it all the time in Instagram feeds that are talking about marriage uh, or a new marriage. And they talk about how, you know, you complete me and you bring me such joy. And I'm sitting there going, wow, we're on the path. We're on the path to trouble because at some point when you no longer feel that, then that switch happens to blame, right? Right now, it's in uh, a, a place of gratitude for how you make me happy. But eventually, when that no longer is sustainable, it begins to be blamed for why don't you make me happy? Or why can't you be happy? At that point, we're in trouble. That's when we're stuck. And so we have to start out with, with the reality check that your spouse cannot and will not make you happy, and that's not their responsibility. Nor can you or will you make your spouse happy. That's not it either. Now, it is possible that something your spouse does will bring you that sense of happiness in the moment. Let's say your spouse comes home and surprises you with your dream vacation. That'd probably pop up your mood a bit. Or maybe that piece of jewelry or that special meal or some other gift, some, something out there that is going to momentarily bring some happiness. The fact that a spouse can't ultimately make you happy and you're, you can't ultimately make your spouse happy doesn't mean that we stop doing things for our spouse. We do things for love. We do things to show love, not to make them happy. The fact is that when we're doing loving things, that is going to create a more happy atmosphere. So recognize that there's a reverse piece, that when people are more connected, they tend to be more happy. When the relationship is going well, they tend to be more happy. That doesn't mean the spouse did that. It means that when we are involved in a loving relationship, we feel better. We feel happier. When we are involved in a disconnected relationship, we feel less good. We feel more miserable. 
it's not about the other person. It's about the relating that's there and how it affects us. And it's about how we haven't taken on responsibility for happiness. Now, one of the other pieces to this is people often say, okay, well, if they're not going to make me happy, I'll go find someone who can, someone who will. And what they often mistake is the chemistry of infatuation with happiness. You find somebody else to be involved with and they say loving things to you and that will momentarily make you happy because it brings in a dopamine load to your brain and an adrenaline rush to your system that feels like happiness. It's just not sustainable. So when I say your spouse can't make you happy, I'm talking about that sustainable over time. Can your spouse make you happy for the next 15 minutes? Sure. Bring you a toy and excite you, right? That way, I mean, there are different ways that we might do something for a spouse that would bring momentary happiness, and that is the outside thing that Katie is talking about. The problem is that's not a sustainable plan over the long term, and it buys into the myth that the other person is the one responsible for your happiness. In terms of your happiness, you are 100% responsible for that. In terms of your spouse's happiness, your spouse is 100% responsible for that. That doesn't give you permission to say, I don't care about you, be miserable, it doesn't matter. Because the other thing that's a part of this is that we are 100% on a team together to get through life together. And that's where we realize that yes, there are things that we can do to make our spouse miserable. Making poor decisions, making demands, being controlling, doing other things like that can make a spouse miserable because life circumstances do affect us. So the fact is that somebody can make you miserable, but they can't make you happy. You can make somebody else miserable, but you can't make them happy. So the question is, can we find ways of connecting that kind of get us away from the misery? And what I've realized is that when people are doing things lovingly, it tends to not be too miserable. It tends to move us in another direction. So we create the platform where we can move together. One place where couples can really work on this is when they can shift away from the expectations that often haunt relationships. And they begin to move towards agreements of how they'll be together. The difference between expectation and agreement is the fact that if you're living in the expectation world, your spouse at best is going to get to zero or you're going to get at best to zero with your spouse. If I expect somebody to do something and they do it, that's good. We just got to zero. We're at even. If they don't meet my expectation, that's a failure. So the best you can do is get to zero where you've met my expectation. Now, when we have agreements, we're both in on that. It's not a win-lose proposition. It's not either you meet my expectations or you fail, but how do we live in the agreements together? That's where we begin to take responsibility for our own place. When I have expectations for somebody else to make me happy, that expectation is not going to be sustainable. So we can begin to work to find new ways of moving forward together in ways that are more connecting and more a part of a team. So, Katie, to answer your question, why the focus on happiness? Usually that comes when people are unhappy. And they're trying to figure out how to make a shift. And so what happens if I'm unhappy? The last place I want to uh, place the blame for that is myself. Because if I'm unhappy, if it's my fault, 
I can't blame it on the relationship, then I can't just make an easy change. If you say, okay, this relationship is making me unhappy, so I'll leave it, that's easier than saying there's something within me that's missing here. That's something that I'm missing. I've got to make a shift in my own life towards that place. So the happiness begins to be an easy answer. It's also a cultural answer. Yeah, I'm aware of how rampant this look for the happiness thing is in our culture. There are so many books that have popped up in the last 10, 15 years about how to be happy. Interestingly, the level of happiness in culture doesn't seem to have budged one bit in research. Book after book comes out. Nothing changes in people's overall sense of happiness. That tells me we're shooting at the wrong target. So the happiness industry keeps trying to give the next answer. Many times the happiness industry is actually talking about something else, but they use the happiness phrase. And so we hear that so often. We go, well, I should be happy, right? If all these books are out there, how to be happy, I deserve to be happy, right? There's something built in. In fact, we even talk about that, the pursuit of happiness as being part of the, the beginnings of the United States, Forgetting that happiness at that time was defined as living a best life, like doing good for the world. So you feel good by doing good. That's not, not where we are these days. Happiness has become a very trite idea of I feel good right now and I want to feel good like this all the time. And so what happens is we have some experiences along the way. You know, we get that toy, we, we find something, we get the raise or, or, or something happens and we go, oh, that did it. Now I'm happy only to find not long after that that you're right back to kind of the baseline. When couples have been struggling and one saying, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, then that begins to be a measurement, a way of understanding this. So happiness all the time is not the goal of marriage. That may be a goal somebody says is their personal life, but the goal of marriage is to be connected with somebody to have each other's back, to be so connected that you move as a team, that you're supportive of each other. So if a spouse is miserable, you certainly want to solve that. But you also recognize that the spouse is the one responsible for figuring out how to solve that happiness question for them. So this is a big issue. Um, and the, the solving point for this is the one that is true so many times when I've been talking, those three C's of saving your marriage. The first C is about connecting with the spouse. The second C is about changing yourself. And so if you say, okay, I'm going to change to find more fulfillment, more satisfaction, more gratitude, those are great places of moving into something else, of becoming your best self, but it doesn't require your spouse to give that to you. So the connecting with the spouse is supporting them in becoming their best self of their own changes. And the creating a new path is about becoming that team that you know you need to be in order to make it through life in a way that you both want to get there. Katie, I hope that's shed some light for you, and I'm sure it shed some light for others who've heard the same thing. Now, if you need to figure out how to do that connection and that changing, please check out my system. You can find the Save the Marriage system at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. You can also check out my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps, by going to savethemarriage.com slash book. That's savethemarriage.com slash book. And this is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. 
listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.